0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Outsourcing podcast. My name is Mark Kobayashi-Hillary. In this podcast, I'm talking with John Suffolk, the UK government CIO. John and I were talking at the NASCOM conference in India uh, last week. And of course, one of the first things I asked him was all about offshoring and the UK government. day of NASCOM uh, here in Mumbai, um, just as an introduction, you know what are your sort of thoughts on, on day one? I know that you, you were speaking in the morning and then you probably met a lot of people in the afternoon and um, there's a lot of optimism in the air
1: yeah, I, mean, I think nascom being the leading um, i t conference in terms of India is a very important event it's important from uh, a country perspective in terms of india it 's important from the perspective of you know, one of the world's leading IT, you know, uh, economies, and uh, it's important from the vendors and the people who use technology. From our perspective, and the reason why the UK government is here is, A, first of all, many of the Indian companies operate in the UK, and we positively encourage that. And secondly, you know, um, India and the technology is a hotbed um, of innovation, and we want to understand, in essence, where the market is going, where the IT industry is going, and how we can apply
0: that back in the UK. Well, of course, everyone over here in India is really interested in the offshoring policy of the Cabinet Office. Uh, One of the big supporters of the conference here, Steria, has had a uh, relationship for about five years with the Department of Health, Um, and and, and I think that 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 was actually announced at NASCOM about Mm -hmm. five years ago. Um, And you know, so it proves that you can have operational work going on without political fallout. Um, I know that there is development work as well going on, but. I suppose it proves that if you get the partnership model right, mm-hmm. then you can work across the world with suppliers, and so you know is is this an area really that the cabinet Office plans to explore further?
1: Well, I mean we already have an offshoring policy and uh, and the policy broadly is that we consider each case its merits so if you were quite right in terms of mentioning the shared business service in terms of the work that stereo do, um we have software being developed in Mumbai in terms of um, the health environment as well. And actually, quite a lot of our development is carried out in all kinds of centers around the world. But we do look at it on a case-by-case basis. So, for example, as you would expect, you know, systems that are running in a secure kind of way, we need to understand, in essence, how that develops. So some secure development we wouldn't take offshore. sure. Um, but it depends on what suppliers want to bid. And to a large extent, as, as you're probably aware, in the European procurement rules, we don't specify broadly how suppliers want to be. We're not allowed to specify technology. We're not allowed to specify brand. So what we do do is to positively encourage suppliers to come forward with what they believe to be the most innovative solutions to fulfill the business requirements. And we don't preclude offshore, but clearly we have to give it additional considerations as
0: well. Okay. Well, I mean, one of the things that's taken place in the last year has been the operational efficiency program. Yeah. and. uh that identifies several billion pounds of possible savings mm-hmm. over the next few years. Uh, saving, well, maybe efficiency is probably a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, really, given the sort of present state of government borrowing, it mm-hmm. doesn't make much of a dent. So, do you think that um, uh, after the general election, we might see more radical demands on uh, on IT to increase efficiency across government?
1: Well, I mean, let's just answer the first part of your question first, which is about the Operational Efficiency Plan. We wrote many of the recommendations on the OEP with Martin Reed, and we passionately believe, as a CIO community, that there are cashable savings to be had by changing the way that we undertake IT. Let me give you a specific example. We currently have about 130 data centers in central government, which has grown up as departments have, you know, procured and suppliers have built. The world has moved on, and logic says Uh, economics says and technology says you don't need 130 now so just by rationalizing that down to between 9 and 12 the it industry the market tells us we can save 900 million in the first five years and 300 million thereafter now you can argue that that makes a dent on the public finances but my belief is it's going to be a package of you know 500 millions here half you know half you know 200 millions there that begin to eat into the public debt so i think they're really very very important The second point you raised is, can IT be used to drive efficiencies in the public sector? Absolutely so. It's true in every business around the world, whether it's public or private. And again, our belief is if you look at what we have done with technology, it has fundamentally reshaped the way the public sector works. Every transaction that uh, you can probably think of is online. We're ranked in top two or three in terms of Europe, in terms of availability and sophistication you know, were uh, ranked across OECD in terms of the top four. So technology has already made a fundamental difference to the efficiency of the public sector. But of course, with the economic position, it's going to have to do much more. And uh, we believe technology is a good starting point to drive, drive a, a further efficiency To drives.
0: Do you think maybe the public sector is actually a better place than the private to, to drive some changes in the supplier behavior? Maybe things like output-based pricing.
1: Well we use every kind of technology and every kind of technique to drive behaviour. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily you know accept the presupposition in your question about drive supply behaviour because I think when you have a burning platform such as the economic debt, then everyone's behaviour has to change. The supplier community's behaviour has to change, but the public sector behaviour needs to change. And therefore collectively, given that, you know, predominantly in central government, for example, we're predominantly outsourced, we have to work together to drive innovation drive efficiencies. And that means behavioral change on both sides, not just the supply side.
0: Okay. One of the things you just mentioned was around uh, rationalization of data centers. Yeah. And I guess that kind of leads us around to the cabinet office plans for the G Cloud. Yeah. Um, I mean, is this really where the future lies for services rather than you know, more of the same that we've seen in the past?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, it's not a cabinet strategy, it's a government strategy which has been developed by the CAO Council. So not only does it have the government support, it has the support of all the CAOs across um, uh, government. But yes, it does. I mean, the reality is quite simply this. Uh, one of the things that I do is I, sadly, um, I occasionally will read bids that suppliers have put in and I compare what is being bid to what the salesman is knocking on my door asking me to buy. And everyone knows I never buy anything for government except done locally. But there is frequently a gap between what is being bid and what is being, you know, touted as the latest thing that you should do. And over the years, we have listened to the market in terms of technologies advanced at a dramatic rate. There are different ways of doing things, whether it's software as a service or service oriented architectures or platform as a service. And the reality is we're going to adopt those. Um, uh, We're going to create a private cloud um, uh, because we have lots of estate on UK, shore, Why wouldn't we do that? Uh, we're going to begin to put in there all of the common services, I'll give you examples. Take DirectGov. DirectGov currently outsourced to fine suppliers running two data centers, running that application. Begs the question, why in the new world? Why don't you just pick up the application, put it on a common infrastructure, close two data centers? And we have many examples of the DirectGov, you know, uh, uh, scenario where we can say fundamentally common infrastructure um, uh, we're calling it a cloud, but be careful of definitions because the last time I checked, there we were twenty-two different definitions of what a cloud was. Our definition will be definition twenty-three. You know, but for us, common infrastructure, rationalised estate, um, software as a service, uh, pay for use, um, common services, shared services, what we call hosting world, testing world. So, if you want to just host, you host. If you just want to test, you test, and basically drive cost down, drive efficiency up, and importantly deliver citizen outcomes much faster than adopting the traditional procurement route now, which can take quite a lot of time.
0: Okay. Well, and uh, I mean, again, one of the other things that's really changing at the moment is the the commitment to green initiatives. Yep. Uh, Certainly, it's something in the private sector that that commitment went downhill during the recession. as uh, as Everybody, I think, was focused on survival. uh, One thing that's happening this year is the carbon reduction commitment. Mm -hmm government is going to bring in the mandates people have to audit their carbon use. So, um, you know, do you think that the supplier community is really ready for this? And and does the the idea of transferring carbon credits along the supply chain really work?
1: Well, I mean, we launched our green IT strategy uh, over 18 months ago and we published our one-year-on report in July last year. So we are pretty advanced in terms of the whole sustainability agenda from an ICT perspective. And we already do get departments to measure the actions they're implementing from a carbon reduction. But our, our position has been quite simply this. And the analogy that's frequently used, not necessarily an analogy I, I agree with, but it's one that brings it home to people. If somebody is incredibly overweight, you can worry about half an ounce here or there, or you could just increase, you know, um, your exercise and reduce your calories. And we believe, and that's the analogy people are applying to sustainability if you know the technology that you're using is fundamentally inefficient in all kinds of ways you can spend a lot of time putting baseline measures in measurement or you could just begin to virtualize go thin where that is appropriate put in power management change the way you do printing all the basics of good IT operational management and that's what our starting point has been take the low-hanging fruit fundamentally address those issues if you can put in baseline reporting as well, then do that. However, having said that, when you look at all of the research on baseline reporting, you know, certainly when we started, which is, you know, 18 months, two years ago now, so we were right at the head of the curve. And I think some people say that we have the most aggressive, you know, green ICT strategy anywhere in the world anyhow. The whole concept in terms of what is the carbon output of the production of a laptop or a PDA or a network router was still a twinkle in people's eyes, mm. but my starting point was quite simply this. There are good, simple actions that you can do today that not only make a, a fundamental impact in terms of the carbon output, but also the economic position. If you believe someone, someone like a VMware, they would say um, whenever they do an audit of an organization before they go and virtualize, um, they find on average the server utilization is 7%. If you then said to um, uh, a chief executive, look, you've got all these office buildings around and um, they're only being used 7%, what do you think the chief exec would do? He'd close the damn building. So right. it tells us something about the efficiency of IT operations when the virtualization vendors are saying, well, actually, what we typically find is a 7% utilization. So just get the basics right, first of all, rather than worrying about you know the big, more complicated stuff. To answer your question about the... Uh, carbon capture across the value chain. Well, the reality is if, if government, you know, creates a policy, then, you know, we will work with suppliers to execute that policy. We have said in our strategy that carbon offsetting, for example, is the last resort, because we want people to take the fundamental action up front, rather than saying, actually, I won't take this action, I'll offset somewhere else down the stream. So we will work with the supply community across their value chain. It will be built into contracts anyhow when we do this stuff, so suppliers will have to begin to address the carbon as part of their delivery
0: chains. So basically now, whenever anybody procures service, that has to be built into the contract anyway?
1: Well, it will be. If it's government policy, it will be. Just as we build into the contracts now, the whole issue in terms of um, compliance with the Green IT strategy, um, we will build in any other government policy. You'd expect us to do that, wouldn't you?
0: Thanks for downloading this Talking Outsourcing podcast. For more information about me and my writing, go to markhillary.com. And for my Talking Outsourcing blog in computing, go to computing.co.uk. Thanks for listening.